Hi, everybody. Welcome to 1200XL. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about one-on-one. -on -one. You see what I was doing right there? I was pretending I was my little little animated Aaron. He bobs around. He looks both ways. Is that what animated Aaron does? That's what he did in the little opening there. Oh yeah, that's true. We're in the little we're in the little we're in the little meteor hole. Mm-hmm. It's a meteor what do they hole. They call it crater. I prefer <laughs> <laughs> meteor hole myself. <laughs> yeah. So I'm great, boat. One on one's awesome. Ready to go on this. I want to talk to you about your experience playing basketball. Now I, <laughs> okay. I know you were quite the sportsman in school. You were no. on the you were on the tennis team. Yeah. You were in the marching band, so you weren't averse to physical activity. Did you ever pursue any dreams related to basketball? No, no. Although I will say I played a lot of basketball when I lost my first 100 pounds. I used to get off work every night. I had a deal with the cops. They'd let me in the city park at 11 o'clock at night or midnight. And I would go to the basketball court and just play and just play basketball by myself. You just play hours. yourself? And, well, and eventually, people started showing up to play. It's like Field so, of Dreams, man. It was. Uh, and so some nights I would have... 10 people out there and some nights it would just be me you know wow. so but but i still suck no matter how much i tried i'd love to see some footage of you out there in the car i just picture you <laughs> like um like what's his name and uh wesley snipes and you're out there like White the, can't yeah that 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 sort of era of clothing you know and you're wearing you might be wearing a do-rag in this particular fantasy that i have and I you're wear you're just slamming them down slam a jamma no. That that movie had an accurate title for me. <laughs> I can't. It could be white man can't jump, play, or even perform in any way in a basketball court. Now, uh, did you ever have a basketball hoop outside your house growing up? I never did. We never did. Mm. I was not into basketball that much. My neighbor had one. I used to go over and play sometimes. Mm. That always seemed like a crazy idea because of the you know you could the ball could out the road or over the hill. That's know? true. That's true. And you lived sort of well. I don't think you know you you didn't grow up in a real busy street, but it wasn't exactly dead. You know? Right. So when I was a kid, it was a lot busier. Mm. Well, that's surprising considering there's eight thousand more houses around there now than there were then. Uh, well, not not where I'm at, just in the back. Yeah. Yeah. No. Now, what about you? Did you play basketball? You know, I never played organized ball. That's what they call it. Just ball. Is that what the? That's what the cool people say. Yeah. Uh, I. I. Uh, basketball was something I always thought I'd be good at until I started playing, and then <laughs> then it became apparent quite a, quite a, quite immediately that I didn't really have a lot of skill. I was always good with the. Um, you know, I felt like I could be a good outside guy. But as far as like charging to the rim, I tripped over myself a lot, you know, on, on the way to the rim, and I just ended yeah. up falling a heap. It was, it You've was no good. You've got some of the proportions of a, of a seven foot basketball player. It's just that you're a foot shorter. That's true. That's true. You know. Um, but uh, but we had a hoop outside. Uh, it was actually hanging over our garage. It was like that that deal. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And uh, but unfortunately, one of the neighborhood ruffians decided he was going to throw down a slam and rip the whole thing off, and that was the end of the good times. He shattered the backboard. He did. He did. Not unlike the game. Speaking of the game, Aaron, let's talk about one on one. All right. So this was uh, one of the early hits for Electronic Arts, EA, famous for its Atari 8-bit games. Um, 
a lot of times the Atari 8-bit was the, the lead platform for, for these, these games. This was published by EA in 1983. This came in that familiar record album style cover. Uh, if you're not familiar with the physical packaging of one-on-one, this comes from a time when uh, EA was publishing a lot of their games in what looked like, like 45 uh, record sleeves. Uh, and they would they would have a gatefold where they'd open them up. You'd see pictures of the programmers and things, which was really unusual. A lot of times yeah. at this this time, you know, game programmers uh, toiled away in anonymity. And of course, uh, Activision was the first uh, publisher to really you know make superstars out of their uh, programmers. But EA was right behind. And they actually treated these guys like the artists that they were, you know, electronic arts. That's the the, the message they were trying to send. They, uh, they forgot their own message, Boat. They did. <laughs> Later on, they totally <laughs> forgot that message. The the EA of today is not the same as the, the Trip Hawkins EA of yesteryear. No, no it is not. Uh, this game was developed by uh, Eric Hammond and Chuck Peavy. And the graphics were done by Greg Hammond. Uh, Eric and Greg, I believe, were brothers. Uh, and the, the concept of this game was actually, um, was actually uh, the, the developer. Uh, actually, I, I read that Trip Hawkins actually was the, the, the person behind this. He said, why don't you make a game based on the old one-on-one competitions of the 1960s that the NBA used to do uh that you know back back in the 60s and the 70s and Aaron is someone who was around back in the 60s and the 70s I can sure you can you can attest I wasn't to this. around the 60s yeah Come on. maybe um that the NBA was not the juggernaut that it is today it was uh it was it was struggling to be relevant, and of course, the, the NBA was also competing against a rival, a rival league. You had the ABA and the NBA, yep. and so uh, the uh, the there was a hair tonic company called Vitalis that would sponsor these one-on-one competitions, and they would play these, I guess, on, you know, on Sundays, wide world of sports, and all that, and uh, and it would be two guys half court. Just playing a game against each other. Could you imagine how cool that would be to see these days? To see like Stephon Curry versus LeBron James? I'd love to see something like that. It's funny when you mentioned that to me, I was baffled because I, you know, I was as someone who watched a ton of Wide World Sports and sports TV, I'd never heard of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that the concept is awesome. I don't think players would do it now, if, if you want the truth. There's all kinds of reasons, you know, <laughs> from the, you know, not wanting to lose face, you know, because if, yeah. if you lose in one-on-one, there's only one person to blame. And, of right. course, of course, there's also the additional liability with insurance, and I'm sure agents would have issues with people playing outside of their contracts and all that stuff. But yeah. I would love to see this sort of thing come back because uh, there's nothing – there's nothing like two guys, you know, just kind of squaring off against each other. You really get to see, especially from the defensive side of things. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think it's, I think it'd be really neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and the thing about it is, it, it's basketball is in the unique position where they could pull this off as a team sport and have it not suck. Right. Because you're not going to have like one-on-one hockey. You know what I mean? You it can't. You work. can't really. You can't. You can't really do one-on-one American football. No. Um, basketball yeah. I mean, is good. <laughs> skills competition. Yeah. Yeah. But not a proper game. Right. Right. Basketball so, is, is 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 suited to this in a unique way. I love it, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find some of these. I'd love to watch a few of these guys. I wasn't a huge basketball fan when I was a kid, but I knew some of the guys. Mm-hmm. 
So it'd be, it'd be fun to go back and actually catch some of these games. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, of course, everything about watching these on YouTube is great now from not only, you know, the, the different styles of uniform for back then, but just watching the people in the crowd and how they're dressed. Everybody's smoking, you know. It was, it was back in the glory years of sport, really. Yeah, and it's something else about this, too. If you're playing a game, if you play a Madden or something, or even any basketball game with, like, all the players, the level of complexity soars. Like, this game boils down basketball to its core components, and so you just go out there. It's it's a great, fun game. It's just like you would play on a playground, you know, with your friends. Right. So you can identify with what's going on. So right. I, I like everything about it. A brilliant move. Yeah, yeah. So on the cover of this game, uh, unlike other basketball games of the time, you see real, actual people. Uh, this is still early on in the um, in the sports ouvoir of video games, and there weren't too many licensed sports titles that actually featured real players. Uh, I want to say that there was a Pete Rose baseball game that came out around this time, and of course, I think Earl Weaver baseball was probably yeah. a little bit after this. That might have been '85, um, but there's early days. Yeah, there, yeah, there weren't too many. There weren't too many licensed sports titles, and so this this stood out because of that, and this. Was, this made this game a big seller, I'm sure, because if you just called this game one on one, I mean, what do we do in here? This that that's not it, it doesn't exactly make you want to pick it up off the shelf. This game features prominently on the cover two of the biggest superstars of the era. It yeah. features Dr. J and Larry Bird. Yeah, and they and it, they got it right in the game too by making it look like they do with the colored uniforms they've got, plus that with the numbers they've got on them, they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. So who are these guys? So uh, I thought I'd give you a little history lesson on on both of these guys. Okay. Um, first up, Julius Irving, Doctor J. This guy was born 1950, so he is a good 10 years older than uh, than than Larry Bird. Larry Bird was in his ascendancy when this when this game came out. And I wouldn't say that Dr. J, his career wasn't exactly fading, but he was definitely on the downward slope of his career. Yeah, uh, he I'll played say, yeah. he played in both the ABA and the, the NBA. He played from 71 to 87. So quite a long career. He played he was one of the pivotal reasons the ABA got a good hard look by the NBA because they they saw players of his quality. They wanted him. Right, right. So he played for the Virginia Squires <laughs> in the ABA and the New York Nets in the... Uh, I'm sorry, he played for the Squires and the New York Nets, which were at the time part of the ABA. Then when he transferred over to the NBA, he played for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, this guy was really the first guy that brought the slam dunk into the mainstream. Uh, he could jump like nobody's business. And the phrase above the rim, he sort of uh, popularized that that style of play. Um, up until then, the slam dunk was just sort of seen as a uh, kind of a Neanderthal type move. And he, he brought a real artistry to the slam dunk that had never been seen before. Uh, Larry Bird, sort of the opposite in a lot of ways. Uh, Larry Bird, of course, uh, the hick from French Lick. From <laughs> French Lick, Indiana, which oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we it's not not very far, less than five hours away from where we live, French Lick, Indiana, um, and he played in the NBA uh, about ten years after uh, Dr. J did. He played from seventy nine to ninety two, so he had a much longer career, and uh, he uh, played uh, his full career with the Boston Celtics, oh, yeah. um, and uh, and he was uh, most famous for his sort of take-no-prisoners attitude. Uh, he was he was not always a bright and cheerful fellow. He was a very intense player. Uh, he had a famous rivalry with Magic Johnson, 
uh, and the, the Lakers-Celtics rivalry was was the most famous in all of, of basketball for a long time. And uh, he was a great shooter, uh, one of the most prolific shooters in NBA history. Uh, there's a, a famous scene where he comes into the locker room at, uh, at a three-point competition, and all the guys are in there, and he just announces, hey, who's going to win second in the shot competition today? He was that confident. So, well, and, you know, I, I was a big fan of Larry Bird. Uh, and the Celtics because I like uh, their individual players. I mean, really, I didn't have a team per se in basketball, but I did end up liking the Celtics because of Bird. But I always had a thing for these guys that were like real technicians, you know. Mm-hmm. And Bird was like uh, just a great long distance shooter. Yeah, and he was also known for his ability to do, to do like blind passes and stuff. Oh and yeah, assists. the the no look pass was something. That, I mean, you watch you watch his highlight reels. It's 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 amazing to look at. So both these guys, legends of the sport, of course, both these and, guys and in the Hall of Fame. Doctor J, I did catch some of his career. And uh, as I recall, now, uh, stop me if I'm wrong here, Bo, but I believe what wasn't it? he was one of the guys that did the big Skyhook, wasn't he? No, Skyhook was, was a different guy. Was that a different I be- guy? Yeah, I believe that that was uh, that was Wilt Chamberlain did the Skyhook. No, I think I think this guy did the Skyhook. Mm. We'll have to look into it. Somebody yeah, help me out here. We'll have to look uh, into it and see. Wilt Chamberlain, I also caught the tail end of his career, and he was a whole different kettle. Kareem stage. Abdul-Jabbar was the Skyhook guy. That's who it yeah. was. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but uh, I caught some. Of, uh, this guy like, predated me by a smidge. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't get. But most, mostly, what I caught was Bird and the Celtics. And you weren't kidding. The Celtics Lakers rivalry rivalry was a real big deal in the early '80s. And for me, that's when the NBA peaked, and I sort of lost interest after that. Uh, and of course, now it's probably super duper peaked. Yeah, it's a you shame know, that basketball is not a sport that I'm really that much into. Right, I'd much rather play it than I would watch it. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, basketball is the one sport that I really grew up in the the best time you could possibly grow up. Because like when I was when I was coming around, first of all, one of the big things me growing up was the dream team. The first time that the NBA sent pro players to to play in the Olympics. And that's when you had like Jordan and Bird and all these guys and, and Barkley all on the same team. It was the ultimate, ultimate all-star team. I hated they, that so much. Why did you hate that? Because it it ruined the Olympics for a lot of like college guys. Plus, it, it made the Olympics not the least bit fun to watch. Watch an all-star team smash every other team in the world every year. It just didn't well, do for, it. First of all, that only happened for one year, and then the rest of the year, the, <clears throat> the, the next Olympics, America got smashed because everybody else got really good at basketball. So I think if you actually chart the the way that that developed, it's not at all how you remember it. But anyway, the um, yeah, I don't remember it like you just said. That's for darn sure. Yeah, you should you should look it up. Um, but the. Uh, the the dream team was great. I loved the dream team. I loved watching Jordan. I loved watching the ascendancy of the Pistons in the late 80s. Uh, I was a big basketball guy growing up. And then I lost interest at about the time that I entered into high school. And I just, I, I, I didn't really have time to watch a lot of sports. And, uh, and I just, I just didn't, I wasn't into it anymore. But anyway, the, uh, this game is a one-on-one competition between Dr. J and Larry Bird. And, uh, you have a lot of options right off the bat. Uh, basically, any option you can possibly think of is present. You can choose a difficulty level, and the way that they do the difficulty was was kind of neat. Instead of just making it like easy, difficult, you know, expert, you got park and rec, varsity, college, and pro. And when I was a kid, I had no idea what park and rec meant. 
Yeah. And, and I, as a result of that, I wasn't sure. And I wasn't real sure what varsity meant either when I was a kid. And yeah. so I wasn't sure if the difficulty started at pro and went up or if it started at park or if it went the other way around. Um, but, you know, of course, park and rec is the easiest difficulty level. Uh, you can watch a demo of this game, which was cool. It was there weren't a whole lot of games where you could just watch the computer play. Of course, you're not going to do want to do that for a long time, but you can. Um, you can set this to be whenever you make a basket, if you get the ball back or the other guy gets the ball back. Uh, you can either choose to play a time game or you can play to a set score. Uh, playing to a set score, I find, is a much more enjoyable way to play this because the, the the game can go on, uh, if especially if you're just playing against the computer. I like playing to 21. It's 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 a, it's a neat thing. Um, and uh, and so when you get into the game, the first thing that you'll notice if you've played uh, any other basketball games from this time period is how big the individual sprites are. Uh, how detailed they are, and how slow this game moves compared to other basketball games. Uh, if you've played uh, the Atari basketball for the Atari 8-bits, have you played that one, Aaron? Long ago, I did, yeah. Yeah, uh, that game is basically, you can't even call them stick figures. Yeah, it's, it's low end. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're basically, the ball careens around the court like a pinball. Uh, and if your player just happens to be in the general vicinity, he will pick it up and basically carry it around. And when you shoot it, you have no control over your shot. You just sort of fling it into the stratosphere. If it goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, it's really, really not good. Uh, this game plays like a real game of basketball. Uh, it's played from a half-court perspective. And if you can picture yourself sitting in the stands behind a half-court of basketball, you know, maybe 20 rows up, you're looking down upon the action. You're kind of even with the rim, your, your viewpoint. So you have a full view of the court. Uh, the court and the back is all black. Uh, and it almost sort of reminds me of, have you ever seen The Wiz before? The movie? Yes. Yeah. So, do you remember when Dorothy first lands in Oz? Yes. Okay. So, you remember how it's like she's like in this playground and everything is just sort of half lit and it looks like a lot of stuff is, is like with black lights and stuff? Yeah. Th that's what this reminds me of. It's like... Wow. It's a long way to go. It is a long way to go, <laughs> but that was the first thing that came to mind. I, you know... Could they have made this with more colors, you know, with the, with the uh, you know, having some stands in the back and having the wood court of the, 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 the wood of the court? They could have done that. Does it take away from it? It's hard to say. This, it does make it seem a little bit more unreal, but maybe unreal in a good way. Um, it never bothered me. And um, what what do you think about the way this game looks, Aaron? This game has the best and worst graphics in one game. All rolled into one. <laughs> the funny thing about it is, I mean, it's almost like this game takes place in someone's fever dream uh, because it's totally. It reminds me of that Star Trek episode, Spectre of the Gun, where they go to that cowboy town and there's just like the fronts of buildings in this in the back of this void. Mm -hmm. That's what this is. It's just uh, everything's black except for the outlines of the of the lines on the court and the basket, and and of course you've got your scoreboard up there. But the the characters uh, of Doctor J and Larry Bird are awesome looking. They're big. They uh, you can see who they are. Their arms and legs move like a basketball players probably would. The ball looks good, and so it's a mixed bag. Now I will say this: do the graphics. Uh, take away from the gameplay no no they don't 
And so, by, so with that reasoning, I, the graphics have never bothered me, uh, even when I played this back. Of course, also, this is from 83, so you were sort of used to stuff looking kind of crummy, and then when you saw the characters, you were like, wow, those look great, and it, you sort of forgot about the rest of the crumminess. Right, right. Uh, Dr. J and Larry Bird are not the only characters in this game. There is also a referee that will come out and, uh, and, and blow a whistle, and will call various penalties. Hacking, um, reaching in. Right. Traveling. Charging. Um, there is also a custodian, which looks, it might be modeled on the same model as the referee, because every once in a while, when you slam the, bo- the ball down, the entire backboard will shatter. And, uh, and uh, you will see this, this will happen in slow motion. And uh, the referee slash custodian will come out with a little sweeper. Uh, the, it, it, it tickled me because the, the referee also kind of curses at you. They're like, mmm, 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 in that keyboard sort of cursing style, being like, why'd you make me sweep this thing up? So that is really, I thought that was really clever. Um, yeah. There are instant replays in this game. This has got to be the first basketball game in history with instant replays. You'll be playing along, the action will stop, and then the the text will come up instant replay and it'll show you in slow motion, which is really, really slow considering the the general pace of this game. Another really neat thing. Uh, In the... uh, in the documentation of this game and in the advertisements, they make a big deal about saying that they actually consulted Dr. J and Larry Bird about their play styles and they would show them footage of this game. And, and whenever they wanted to make changes, they would, they would make those changes. Now, how much of that is marketing versus reality? Who can say? But I will say that these guys do play differently. Bird definitely shoots three pointers better than Dr. J. Um, you are more likely to connect with a dunk with Dr. J than, than, than Larry Bird. So, you know, on the very superficial level, these guys do play differently. The way that these guys, their arms move is very impressive. Uh, the way that you steal the ball, it's not, it doesn't seem quite as random as, as other games where you actually have to maneuver your hand in the right place. The way they get away with only having one button, if you tap the button while you have the ball, if you just tap it, you'll turn around and face away from your opponent. If you hold it down, you'll shoot it. If you hold it down while you're facing away from your opponent, you'll actually do a turnaround jump shot. The animation's very impressive. There's really a lot to like about the overall presentation of this game. Um, you know, we talked about the speed before. This game did get ported later on to the Amiga a couple years later and they sped the action up a lot and in addition to speeding the action up they added the wood court they added the stands in the background it looks like you're playing in a real arena what did you think about the the Amiga version of this game Aaron well just to, to back also believe it or not when I was a kid I played this on the Coco uh-huh. Coco version that's a lot more similar to this than the Amiga version just to back up for a split second you talked about the controls that's what that's another thing that makes this game the tapping of the button to spin your back, that's what happens in a real game of one-on-one. Mm-hmm, you, sure. You, you get your body in front of, the, of your opponent, and the spins and stuff you do are awesome. Yeah. All that's great. Um, now, when you, when you talk about the Amiga version, clearly the graphics, you have the uh, parquet floor and the, uh, uh, and the colors, the scheme and whatnot, and it, they look, it looks more impressive. But it's really fast. I would say it's probably one and a half times the speed of the, mm-hmm. of the Atari version. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and me personally, maybe it's just because I played the Atari and the Coca version so much, I don't actually like it to be that fast. One of the things I like about this game is that uh, you have time to plot out how you want to approach the basket. 
What am I going to do my spin move? What am I going to shoot? What am I going to, uh, you know, what am I going to do here? The other game felt too, a little too chaotic for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, if it's just me personally, I'd, I prefer the Atari speed yeah. uh, of the game. Plus, it, it, in a weird way, I, I enjoy, I like the graphics. Again, I've been used to playing it on the Atari. I mean, they're clearly inferior graphics, but it's, it's there's no distractions. It's just you, your opponent, and the outline of the field. That's all you need. You so know, I don't have a problem with that. The Amiga, like I said, it looks it looks better, but it ain't like it's not like a million dollar screen or anything. It looks it looks better, but it's not mega better. Right. Um, and I think that the uh, the the players themselves, the player models, uh, I would say that they look maybe, you know one and a half times as good if you want to use the same game. I mean, yeah. they look better, but they still don't look, you know, it, it's almost like an uncanny valley effect where in the Atari version, they're still so abstract that you can you can superimpose what the guys look like better and more easily than yeah. on the Amiga version where they try and make them look even more realistic. And as a result, you're like, man, that looks like a messed up Larry Bird. Well, and on the Atari version, they actually move like humans. Mm-hmm. Like this is about the speed a basketball game would go. Right. This you could make up this amount of space in this amount of time. Mm-hmm. The Amiga version was just again. I thought it was too fast. Now if we played it more, we might be into it. Getting back to the uh, uh, the backboard. When I was a young man, when that happened, it was like the most awesome thing. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time it happened, we were all freaking stunned. One of my buddies told me it had happened, and I didn't believe him. Because, you know, kids made up crap all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I distinctly remember sitting in my neighbor's house, and we slam-dunked it and broke the backboard, and it was it was a hootenanny. We went crazy. Yeah. It seems silly, but, you know, today, uh, because, you know, it's such a... It, the effect is no... It's not like it's a, the awesomest effect, but it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And the janitor coming out. This is, the, this is this game's version of... Uh, the, the little troll coming out and kicking the head across the screen and barbarian. Basically. <laughs> you know, it's a little tidbit that makes it fun. Right. Also, getting back to the ref, like the refs actually don't screw you. I, I feel like when they come out, you probably did something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you're tr- trying to reach in too much or you or you traveled or whatever. Uh, so the refs, I believe you can turn the refs off too. Mm. Uh, so the, I, I like that aspect of it. I mean, overall, this is a game. Are you going to sit down and play this game for like 10 hours? No. Are you going to sit down and play it for uh, 20 minutes? Absolutely. And are you going to play your buddy at it? Absolutely. We just played this the other day on the Amiga, and we had a real good time, didn't we, both? Yes, absolutely. It's it's deceptively simple, and you wouldn't think that a one-on-one basketball game would be any good, but it totally is. It's totally great. Uh, there is yeah. a uh, there were some sequels to this that that were released for the eight bits uh, the eight bit consoles, uh, and even the Genesis got uh, the sequel. This and the the sequel was Larry Bird against uh, Michael Jordan, Jordan versus Bird one on one. On the whole. Uh, I would recommend trying the uh, the the NES version. Uh, it has a similar play style of the X. I'd say the speed is probably closer to the Amiga speed. It, it does play more quickly, but there are some interesting things that are in that game. Some other modes. There's a three point competition that you can you can do. Uh, there is a dunk contest where you call the dunk from a menu like the menu at the beginning of the game, and then you try and execute it. So there are just oh, some yeah, some. I played that. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some additional features that, are, that that make it fun. 
Um, but man, this game, the Atari original, it holds up. It's still just now, as much fun now as it ever has. It's a sequel. It didn't come out on the eight on the eight bits. No, it? by the time it came out, the Atari eight bit was was already uh, you know. Uh, singing off into the darkness. Uh, this game was re-released for the XEGS when the XEGS was launched. It would have been great. Of course, you know, that was still a little bit pre-Jordan. Um, but Can you w- imagine buying this for the XEGS and, and considering what it's competing against? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would look like an idiot to show this to your friends. Yeah, you you, you probably didn't. <laughs> you probably didn't. But it is, uh, but it was one of the games because Atari realized that this is one of the best games on the system. And, uh, and so they re-released it in cart form. Uh, you can still pick this thing up pretty cheap. Uh, you can get the uh, the the 45 style cover uh, sealed on eBay right now for $35. Yeah, that's stunning that's to me. When you consider the price of some of those games like Mule, uh, you know, in that in that same sort of packaging. Then you get Bird to autograph it for you. Yeah. Or Doctor J. I think he's. They're both. I yeah, know I, Bird's still around. Yeah, I, I think they're. I think they're both still around. Uh, the XEGS release. Somebody is trying to hawk this thing on eBay for a hundred bucks sealed. I think that's probably yeah. a little high. Uh, you can pick up the cart only for seventeen bucks if you're into collecting those carts. Um, the other eight bit ports of this uh, are all pretty good. Uh, even the DOS CGA port isn't bad. The only really bad looking one is the one for the ColecoVision, which is really surprising considering the ColecoVision usually got pretty good ports. Uh, it looks the the characters are monocolor. It just it looks like an Atari twenty six hundred port. Not good. I haven't seen. I didn't know it was got a, a Coleco port. That's very stunning to me. I didn't know I that either. A world. Was, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Uh, this game, uh, I could find one review. Happy Computer from issue four, 1985, ranked it the number ten best game in 1984, and that's the the, the readers' vote, and that encompassed, I guess, the C64, Apple II, and Atari 8-bit versions. I give this high marks. I mean, it's always when you when you told me we were playing that this week. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. This is one of my favorite sports games on the 8-bits. It's 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 beautiful and fun in its simplicity. And you get two players. I mean, I've spent many an hour playing this with somebody else. And, and you could load it up today, and it plays dead on. There's no learning curve. You just go in there and play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Aaron, as we near the end of the show, uh, we should mention that we do record this show live uh, every... Well, actually, we, we do we do uh, 1200XL once or twice a month. Uh, whenever we do record, we always do it live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Uh, we usually record in conjunction with the other podcasts on the network. Uh, we have an Amiga show called Amigos. We have a ZX Spectrum show called Our Sinclair. A TRS-80 color computer show called The Coco Show. And, of course, you and the Brent do ARG Presents here on Twitch, too. Uh, you can join the party in Twitch if you're watching this on YouTube. For the first time, you can actually see the Twitch chat on the screen. Uh, you can join the crew, Rushi MSX, L Curtis B, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, doing a great job as our mod, Edvin Helland, recording or reporting from the man cave over in Norway. Uh, Real Refies here, uh, so still adolescing. So uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. And um, if you'd like to support the show, uh, you can always support us through Patreon, patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. Just a buck a month gives you access to the ad-free version of the show on the podcast, as well as access to our Discord server where you can post a review that we will read each uh, each week. Uh, so 
I encourage you to do that if you should feel so inclined. And of course, you can also subscribe to us on Twitch uh, and um, even just listening to the show. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to two guys talk about the Atari 8-bits, the awesome Atari 8-bit computer. Well, Aaron, I guess that's going to be it. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks with another episode of 1200XL. Bye-bye. Take it easy.